The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. That's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Welcome to the April 13th edition of One Nation Radio. James, what's going on, man? Not much. Let's go. This man sounds defeated. WrestleMania 34 has kicked the shit out of this man, apparently. This whole weekend kicked the shit out of me. And I know we were on. There were a lot of great things I saw, a lot of good things I saw. I would probably say this weekend was one of the better weekends of my wrestling fandom, but I just. Uh, this. This. This fucking show. Uh, let's, I mean, let's, we'll save for later, but let's go. All right. Before we get started, uh, I just want you guys to make sure you guys drop your reviews on your podcast uh, app of choice, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, uh, however you're listening to this. It helps out the network a great deal. And make sure you check out all the other shows on the network, Keeping It Strong Style, uh, Ricky and Clive, What's Up Guys, and the newly debuted Outsider's Edge show with Rance and Carl. And, of course, One Nation Radio with me and James. Um, but, yeah, man, it's time to get to it. Um, we were in New Orleans. Uh, we did not attend NXT or uh, WrestleMania, but we got to watch them on TV. So you were getting the TV review. You're not getting an in-person review. If you were looking for uh, some info on, you know, the shows that we attended and all that, that will be actually on episode 19 of Keeping It Strong Style if you want to go ahead and listen back to that. But I guess we can do NXT and WrestleMania, James. You, where, where would you like to start? I mean, let's just do it in chronological order. All right. So um, NXT, absolutely phenomenal show, uh, top to bottom. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, I think we've gotten in a weird habit of um, ever since we kind of noticed that the uh, talent has dwindled down. Um, these these takeovers have somehow figured out a way to um, become more consistent and have higher highs than even the original uh, bar that was set by the you know uh, the Nevilles and Sami Zayn's and Charlottes and Sasha's of the world. Uh, so uh, I think since Brooklyn Three, or maybe since uh, maybe since Chicago. You've kind of been in this this uh this uh, kind of thing where like they keep raising the bar and raising the standard and there's another one where um you know uh, to use the pun of Seamus Cesaro like the bar keeps getting raised and um it's it's very very impressive um I think I think at this point probably like what for a full year ten months or so me and you have been both kind of uh 
say, been on the, the same thinking and saying that uh, that NXT kind of, you know, it's it. I mean, it's it's the most bankable thing in, in North American professional wrestling. Like, I, like I have to see them catch a brick in, in real time for me to actually believe that they'll ever catch a brick. Yeah, man. Like, um, and the thing with NXT, I think, is it's not a you know. And I think I fell into this trap originally before. Where I was like, man, how are they going to re- reload after they lose? You know, guys like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and uh, folks like that. But they've done such a great job, not only um, you know making stars for NXT, but also like refreshing. You know, bringing in the hottest guy at the time at the right time. Uh, with Ricochet making his debut here, and you know, first match in the promotion, five stars. Um, yeah, so let's let's go <laughs> the, let's go, let's go through the matches. Also, Lars, I saw this joke. Um, Lars Sullivan more five star matches than Okada this year. Wow. Yeah. All righty then. You know, those jokes are out there. They exist. But um, yeah, man. So like um, we had a ladder match for the NXT North American Championship. New title being introduced. A little bit of a classic vintage feel um on the belt. Uh, and the the match was between Adam Cole, EC3, Killian Dane, Lars Sullivan, the aforementioned Ricochet, and the Velveteen Dream. Uh, James, what did you think of this match? And you know, who were you impressed by the most? Um, I mean, the obvious person to say is Ricochet. I mean, like his first move in NXT is a freaking um, <laughs> is a shoot star press onto onto a bunch of guys. Perfect. Uh, honestly, you know, uh, to me, I'll probably say the most impressive person would be EC3 because that poor because that poor schmuck <laughs> he, he had to wear it left and right in his match, whether it was people falling on him or people um throwing stuff on him or or or, or whatever else. Like that man was the ultimate catch machine. On uh, Saturday night, and it, it was great. Yeah, um, it, it was almost like who killed EC three. I, 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 I shudder to think of what that man felt like uh, the next the next morning. Yeah, he um took a real ass whooping. Like as far as like being the guy that was taking all the ladder spots, all the the big falls, catching everyone. Like he definitely uh, earned like some real man stripes in there without having to wrestle yeah. Mick Foley. Yeah, like. When I think of ladder matches of somebody like doing all the dangerous stuff in it, like the one that comes to mind perfectly is uh is uh Triple H against uh Triple H in a match against the Rocket at SummerSlam '98, where like if you forgot how or who won that match after watching that match, you'd be like, "There's no way in hell Rock should win this fucking match." After all, given that he took like one little small thing, but every single thing else is about Triple H bumping all around the place on the ladder, everything else. And EC3, I mean, there was five other people in that match, but EC3 was the was at the forefront of. I want to do I want to do all the big bumps and all the dangerous stuff, uh, so that I can feel, so that y'all can feel like I'm one of y'all immediately. That's what it felt like. It was almost like it was almost like it was almost like frat initiation. Yes, uh, that that man took took the uh, gang initiation and uh, and came through. And uh, the the winner of the match was Adam Cole. Um, I haven't necessarily been thrilled by Adam Cole's work in the past, but he seems to have a rabid cult fan base that is riding or dying with this Adam Cole baby stuff. So. I'm going to just see where it takes us uh, with him. Uh, you know, I would have liked to see Rick Shea win, but, you know, you don't necessarily need to give him a belt uh, immediately. Also, you can, like, earmark him for the NXT Championship eventually. Velveteen Dream also would have been a nice uh, choice, but uh, Lars Sullivan and Killian Dane, I think, uh, exerted themselves well um, as being the big guys and, um, you know, 
kind of holding the match together in a different way, like being, uh, it, it was almost like two groups of performers in here. It was like Killian Dane and Lars Sullivan, and then they divided uh, the rest of the guys, you know, amongst them, as evidenced by that double ladder spot where three of the guys were there, and then they did the same ladder spot essentially with the other three guys. So I thought it was a really like cool thing, and all these guys were willing to go out there and and die for it, as they say. Um, and Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole, like these are all tough, tough guys. Yeah. Uh, one thing I, I enjoyed about the match was the uh, was kind of the story in it about like Dane and Sullivan hate each other and like they're clearly built to feud if in the future eventually and so you see them you know constantly like one up in each other and constantly stifling each other um, at different points in, in the match. Um, there's also you know and you, you told me about this uh, when you went to one of the house shows that they were already doing Ricochet versus uh, Velveteen matches yep. and it seems like that's where they're going um, immediately um, in this program or in Ricochet's first program after his uh, after his debut so like you know they they plan the seeds for this I wonder what they're going to do with um what they're going to do with Cole immediately after um like who's he going to defend the title against or whatever I, I'm, I'm guessing maybe ec3 i don't know i'm not sure um, i'm not sure much if he does a... that he might be pulled more into that um that undisputed era joint you know how they got uh, roddy strong with him now which we'll get to later so they might run rush right. out over you know whoever gotcha um but yeah man um they they ended up getting five stars from that match from uh Melser so congratulations to all those guys and this comes two months after um or a couple months after Johnny Gargano and Andrade San Almas uh got the five stars so you know NXT coming through um next match was Shayna Baszler and Ember Moon uh Shayna Baszler winning the championship uh by a technical submission in just over 12 minutes I really like this match a lot uh, I know it was on second, but kind of looking at the card, how it all shook out, it's kind of where it had to be because, you know, Adam Cole was doing double duty. I didn't think they wanted to roll him out there back to back after a 30 minute match. But um, were, were you impressed by this match? Because I've been seeing some like mixed feelings about this match online. Um, I really enjoyed this match. Um, there are people that think the match um, or more in my group that think the match is like, Three and a half, three and a quarter. And there are other people that think less of the match. I like, think it's like you know two and like you know like low, th- you know like maybe three flat that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you, I'm one to believe. I haven't had to rewatch it, but like I believe and watch it in real time that like if you're someone that that thinks it's more in the three, I think you're more affected by the fact that like you just got this huge gigantic. Um, all-time great ladder match with six people like doing all types of crazy stunts, and then like you have to readjust to that. Um, so I think people kind of got kind of got swept on that. Like, uh, but I, I thought I thought this match was a, was a solid or not solid. I thought the match was really damn good. Um, I thought that maybe uh, I wasn't that much of a fan of of Shayna having to sell that much. But after what they did in the first match, and you know the uh, uh, for lack of a better word, like the fifty fifty booking they do in WWE, you knew that. Um, in a similar fashion to how Brock beat the living hell out of John Cena at SummerSlam 2014, that the very next match, um, Ember slash John Cena is going to put up um, most of the offensive attack um, to not, you know, to get their heat back. Uh, and from that, and then from that perspective, if you know that going in, you're, or not, well, maybe not know that going in, but like, if you can accept that, then 
then it's an easier watch. But I mean, but it is one thing to when it's out when you know Shayna has demonstrated like she is real. The rest of this other the rest of these people are fake fighters, and for one of these fake fighters who she bullied, who basically caught a flash uh, fluke victory, to come out and bring it to her early and often, and uh, it, it could it, I can imagine for for a lot of people that that were taken by were kind of like into the Shayna thing to be kind of um, taken aback by that. So I'm like really like big on Shayna Baszler and high on her. Like I didn't really have those films at all. I rated this match as a four star match. I was really into the whole part where Shayna popped her arm back in the socket. Um, that really like did it for me. And, you know, I was, you know, with the, the smoke, uh, you know, that Shayna Baszler was bringing in. Uh, I was definitely impressed by, um, Ember Moon as well as she continued to be, um, an excellent performer on takeovers quietly. So where do you think we go from here then? Um, I think Shayna Baszler just uh, dominates and runs through all these women until you know they build her as as, next. I'm sorry, as far as Amber. Oh, Amber. Um, she's out of here. She's 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 main roster bound, bro. Uh, she debuted on Monday right. Night oh, Raw yeah, this but week. Like, what do you think? What do you think is next for her? You know how it is with NXT call up. So I'm asking you, what do you think is next for her? I think she's going to have uh, a problem on the main roster. Um. She's never really had the best personality aside from, uh, you know, the whole, you know, the aura that she brings and all that. I don't know how necessarily all her feuds are going to work. Um, I could see this going, you know, in the worst case scenario, worse than Bailey. Um, <laughs> I don't try. I don't I don't trust them with with uh, these NXT folks. Um I think, you know, as long as it doesn't have to do with the wrestling, she's going to struggle. But when it comes to the wrestling, she's going to be, you know, a serviceable baby face um, at the moment because I don't know if she's a heel um, by design or anything like that. But I think she's one to worry about. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think we'll talk about this a little later, but it kind of looks like, you know, Amber just got... Ember just debuted, and looks like Charlotte is is could be possibly raw inbound. So um, there's a lot of moving parts going on, and you know they claim that uh, that Rousey is a uh, is a uh, what's it called full time talent. So um, eventually she's going to start you know picking some of these um some of these uh, women that you know um and and beating the hell out of them so to, to you know move you know move to where they're trying to get her. So. Um, I'm interested to see like what what like uh, what's next for Charlotte and her. I don't know, man. Like the whole women's division is in flux. Like I think everything's in flux with the super, superstar shakeup. Um, yeah. It just re- remains to be seen in, in that sense. But um, you know what I would love? What's that? I would love for the Riot Squad and Absolution to be combined into one thing, and Ruby Riot to be be by herself alone without the uh, the Riot Squad. So she can just be <laughs> she can work on herself. I, that's what I would like. Yeah. 
Um, next match was the triple threat, uh, the, the old school triangle match uh, for the NXT Tag Team Championships and the Dusty Rhodes uh, Tag Team Classic Trophy. We saw an incredible heel turn from Roderick Strong at the end where he just grabbed the uh, armband of the Undisputed Era and said, I'm in the group now. Y'all don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Um, I was whooping y'all ass during the match, but I'm wishing now. So, um, Authors like, of Pain go to the main yes. roster. Uh, Pete, Pete Dunn kind of gets to turn face off of this. So, nice little match right in the middle of the card. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I really enjoyed the the hill turn. Uh, for right, I guess hill turn, whatever you want to call it, a turn towards uh, being in um, the Undisputed Era. It was also, also kind of funny. Um, at the same time, he was like, "You just fought, you just fought the hell out of." It. And it, it's a gigantic plot hole where um, they didn't even try to hide it. Where he's he's fighting and fighting and fighting uh, O'Reilly and hitting him and beating the hell out of him, and then all of a sudden, the last thing he says, "You know what? I just whooped the ass. We're probably about to be tag team champs and win this tournament, but never mind that. I'm I want to be in the cool group." So yeah. he decided to hop down with the cool group in his old ring honor homeboys, and okay, there we go. I'm rolling with the undisputed era, man. They got money, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, cool little thing there. They win the, the, the or they keep the tag team championships, and they're kind of headed into war with British Strong Style as Trent Seven and Tyler Bate will kind of find themselves aligned with Pete Dunn. So, we may be headed towards a war games eventually with all these guys. So, we'll see if it'll go a little bit better than last year's war games. Um, up next was a singles match for the NXT Championship. Aleister Black defeated Andrade Cien Almas, one of my favorite NXT champions in recent memory, um, in just over 18 minutes. And I rated this one four and three quarters. I thought this match was phenomenal. All the offense that Andrade Cien Almas showed, like he is fully prepared to be the man like at this point i i don't know how anyone didn't see it before i'm glad they do now i'm glad this guy is firing on all cylinders and i don't know if it was the time to take the belt off him i'm not upset you know either way because i like alistair black a lot too but andrade seeing all misses i think he was hitting on something like with the belt and maybe he could have rode into brooklyn with that thing like and then eventually you know you get him and gargano again but they decide to go another way but what do you think of this match james yeah, I gotta agree with you. I thought that it was a plan as well, um, but you know, things things change, and he's been at a level. Um, so he's been at a level that, like, you know, very few NXT champions have ever been at, where like seemingly everything's clicking at all the right things. Like the matches there, the matches there, and um, uh, you know, whether or not you're a heel or face, or whatever else, like that's is really working. Like he has his whole he has his whole act down, especially with Zelina. Uh, thank God for Zelina. Uh, but, you know, uh, black, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of felt like he was, he was kind of the next guy, what if it was going to be Gargano or him or, you know, eventually, you know, kind of like how it has been with NXT. Like not everybody gets the, not everybody gets that belt. Right. So, um, I thought that that's where we were going to go. We're like, you know, either, either Gargano or black was going to be next champion eventually. Um, I didn't know it was going to be this soon for Black, but it's here, and I thought it was a great finish. Like, in 2016, sorry, 2016, my God, I feel like it's just time to travel back in time. In 2018, 
um, you know, it's not cool to see, you know, regardless how much she's cheating or whatever else. Like, no one wants to see her, uh, no one wants to see Zelina get hit by a dude. Fuck out of here with that. So, um, she did all the cheating in the world, all the cheating in the world, and then eventually it backfired on her. And next thing you know, um, Almas can't, can't, Almas can't defend, um, on the black man, so he's out for the count. Uh, really dug this match a lot. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, highly recommend it. But y'all know what we're here for. It's time for the main event. Johnny Gargano against Tommaso Ciampa, a.k.a. that motherfucker, a.k.a. dude, a.k.a. ball fucker, a.k.a. a dude that walked to the ring in silence to bask in the booze. Uh, in an unsanctioned match, Johnny Gargano defeats this man in just over 37 minutes in an absolute classic um, a match that I have gone on the record and said is the best match in WWE history. Um, this is a masterclass, not only moves, but danger storytelling. Uh, if you watch this from the video package until the end of the show, you can show a non wrestling fan and be proud. Like you'd be like, this is why I watch this. This is why, uh, you know, I'm invested in professional wrestling. This was the peak of, of wrestling essentially uh with gargano and champa and i rated this five and a half i know Meltzer gave it five i thought they blew like some of the five-star matches i've seen out of the water uh with this one just because of you know everything like all the callbacks all the the drama and you know cornets had his whole thing about Gar- gargano's facial expressions i didn't really care about all that but this your time james gargano's your dude so what did you think about this man I thought it was great. Um, I have to rewatch the Almas match. Uh, I think the Almas match, as a uh, from a work standpoint and a athletic standpoint, is the better match. But um, as you said, like not all wrestling is just about guys doing moves. Otherwise, Will Osprey would be the greatest wrestler to ever live. Um, so, or, or Ricochet or, or Rey Mysterio too. All those, all those flippy guys would be the greatest wrestlers to ever live. They're just amongst the greatest. Um, I think, as far as um, from a storytelling point or a storytelling standpoint, they were given over 30 minutes of things like what, 35, 37 minutes, something like that. 37. Yep. 37 minutes. And the match didn't feel like it lasted that long. It felt like it was a, it was almost like the, it, it reminded me in a certain way of like the first, um, the, the Tokyo dome Okada Omega match where like it went 40 something minutes, but it felt like it was only like 25 uh-huh. where like it just breezed through. You're kind of in awe of all the stuff they do. Uh, there's danger. There's elements of uh, of backstory with the crutch and and the knee brace and um and, you know and, the, and also the the finish where you know he gives that dude one more chance of redemption but he but he you know but he like he was willing to forgive but not forget and um and he, re- and he realized once that dude was still a piece of shit he put him away fuck him so <laughs> so I, I thought it was great uh, I thought that uh, it was really great how they. You know, in typical fashion, most of the great psycho- psychological, you know, hardcore, whatever ma- match that, you know, where you can do a bunch of crazy shit to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of, of, of exposing uh, the concrete floor and then, and then like going away from it for a certain amount of time and then getting back to that, I thought it was great. Uh, I, I like the finish where he, he gives him the, you know, the STFU with the, or the STF with um, the knee brace around his face. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was great. Like, I, and there's so much stuff in his match that's kind of my head's kind of swimming trying to think of all the great stuff they did in it, but um, yeah, man, I think it was, I think it was great. It was emotional. 
The crowd was the crowd was fantastic. Moro was fantastic. Uh, Moro was clearly already cho- chose size, which I like from a um, <laughs> which I like from a a an an a play by play announcer because play by play announcer is supposed to be a baby face. You know, and traditionally, like the best ones work out as baby faces, and they actually be behind the baby face. Like I thought that was cool to actually show that kind of motion because it had reached, it actually reached that point to where like there's nobody there's nobody out here that's gonna be like, hey, you should you 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 know need to be objective here. Like, no man, that's a good guy. That guy's a piece of shit. Fuck him. Um, I think I, I rewatched this match twice, and uh, and both points when they at different times when they show um, that you know there is no rope break. For 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 um you know guys being in the corner, there's no real break for a submission. Guys can continue to do what they do um and, and put holes on you or beat the living hell out of you. I thought that was uh great to show you like no nah, this is a, this is an actual real live match that uh, that has no rules. Um, I thought it was also a smart way to get those crutches in there by showing the um by showing the Gargano fan in a, in, a, in a knee brace and all that stuff and him able to be able to get the crutches out. You know, I said that during the match live when we were watching it, like, how are they going to involve a crutch here? And they didn't. I was like, that's, that's, that's cool. Like it wasn't, you know, Oh, just lift up the ring apron and it's underneath there. Yeah. It was, you know, there was a plan. I thought it was cool. Um, but back to what I was saying about, um, about to show you that there were no rope breaks. Like there was a point where early in the match where Gargano was stomping the shit out of, uh, out of dude. And I was like, good. Kick him till he dies. And <laughs> like, great. That's, that's fantastic. Like, let, let you know the guys that like, ain't no rules. If someone, if, if somebody goes in this match, somebody goes. Yeah. And, uh, obviously, you know, that's, that's what they're trying to portray. Obviously it's not the reality, but, uh, I thought it was great. Um, I love this match. I, I know, like this might be my favorite match since, uh, probably since, yeah, like I, I mean, I mean, probably my favorite match since Charlotte won the title in Charlotte and and um and then ran to uh ran to Rick, uh, that was like SmackDown in November, so so yeah, that was really that was really uh that was really big stuff. Yeah. Um. And NXT Takeover closes, uh, unquestionably the best takeover, take, yeah, takeover of all time. And it seems like you know we're saying that on a repeated basis every couple months. Uh, but this brand continues to be what professional wrestling is all about: um, guys being in the correct alignment, um, the fans cheering for you know the the faces and booing the heels, and things just you know working out the way it's supposed to go. Um, yeah, like these crazy hardcore fans um, figured out who to boo and who to cheer. It's almost as if they will boo and cheer uh, the right people if it's the people they want to boo and cheer, and they do it correctly, and they don't shove and they don't overdo it as far as shoving it down your throat or insulting your intelligence. Amazing. So, um, getting to that, we're going to start talking about WrestleMania 34 now. Um, should we just start at the main event, James? Like, and just get to it now, or do you, or do you want to build up to this bitch? I think that um, to best describe like the feeling of the show after it's done and after spending seven hours on that thing, um, to, we should do it in a in the chronological order, so you can see like how how the it went from off. being so good to like the so, so you see the complete downturn of this thing because. Like it, it didn't hit me that we were in the middle of a really bad uh, downside of, of WrestleMania matches until like the until the AJ thing happened, um, and then I was like, "Yeah, this is wow, this is really like 
look at the time, you're like, wow, this is really like going on really, really, really long. And then like we still have um, Braun Strowman and a kid, uh, what turned out to be a kid and him making a hot tag for himself. And then, you know, probably the worst sh- shadow on match in WWE history, perhaps. So, um, I'll say let's do it in chronological order. We can go through, fa- we can go through the, the you know the early stuff fast. The early stuff, yeah. Um, isn't really thing that's that, anything that's all that newsworthy or whatever else. Gotcha. So, uh, I just want to bring up the Andre Giant Battle Royal. Uh, Matt Hardy won it, and Bray Wyatt came in with him, and it w- there was some confusion of whether Bray Wyatt was in the match. Uh, these guys are aligned now. Cool. They last throw out Baron Corbin, yeah. and you know whatever. Um, Cedric Alexander. The crowd, look, look. Yeah, like it sucked. The crowd liked it. Let's see what they do with them. Hopefully, that's another tag team that's worth a damn on on the Raw revision. So whatever. Congratulations. Yeah. Let's move on. Yep. Cedric Alexander defeated Mustafa Ali in the finals for the cruiserweight uh, championship. I think a lot of the matches in the tournament were actually better than this one. They got a little over 12 minutes. I love Mustafa Ali's outfit. He came out there dressed like Sub-Zero. Um, Cedric Alexander was um, rocking the Black Panther kind of tribute um, gear. So I thought both of these guys cared about it. I don't know. It, I feel like if you want to see a better Cedric Alexander Mustafa Ali match, you can go back to the week before the tournament started on 205 Live and check that out. Um and because that was the match, I feel like that turned two hundred five, turned the corner for two hundred five live. Uh, any thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, I have. I, yeah, I have a quick question. Like, so I know that nowadays we don't actually have the ref during championship matches or whatever else. Like, check uh, wrestlers, um, check their boots or whatever for for foreign objects or check their tights. But yeah, bro, like, didn't Cedric come out there with vibranium draws on? Ain't that ain't that against the rules? <laughs> when do you think when do you think some when do you think vibranium draws be against the rules? Bro, vibranium draws like what you gonna do with those? How how will how will you lose? That's my point. That you you would think that vibranium draws would be illegal. Inexpensive. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what Cedric's exactly making on that salary, but you know, I digress. <laughs> um <laughs> So the the twenty woman uh, battle royal Naomi won by last eliminating Bailey. Naomi is a baby face. Um, we thought this whole thing was gonna be a whole vehicle to get to Sasha and Bailey in a mini match. That didn't happen. Bailey just threw Sasha Banks out like she was common trash. Uh, the crowd went nuts, and then all of a sudden, old baby face Naomi was just standing behind her, ready to run it. What the fuck happened here, James? I don't know, like, like there's a thought process that you know uh, Charlotte is going to Raw, so if Charlotte's going to Raw, Naomi has to be shined up because she is not going to be the the new challenge babyface challenger um, for the SmackDown brand. And that's like, but that but that depends on if they're actually in fact going to move Charlotte to Raw. Now, if they don't, then what the fuck? Um, yeah. But but even but even so, right? Um, you had opportunity with Naomi to be the top uh, baby face on that brand before, and you did jack shit with her for months on end, and then you took the belt off her, and then you had her basically be in a million and one tags for the rest of that year, or into even um, now. So, you know, something with her, uh, that'd be cool. Um, she's, 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 she's very talented, um, as are a lot of the girls. Um, it's just they, you know, last year they decided to punt on doing anything really creative as far as um 
one-on-one and or in one-on-one uh, storylines and also multiple storylines for the women at, at all at once on one brand. So, you know what I just thought uh, about, especially after WrestleMania, especially after WrestleMania 33. So we'll see. You know we'll I, see. You know, what I just thought about James, we, what? we got rid of Alexa bliss as champion. And then we inherited Carmella. He's worse. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know, bro. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's just bad. Like they, they don't, they don't care about like, having you know the good wrestlers be the champions but um hey, hey but meanwhile you out here hoping and begging and wishing and praying that the miz can be the fucking champion for w uh for either raw or smackdown so we, we can have the same thing from the mill division as well look, we've had this conversation the miz is capable of a lot more high-end matches than either of these folks that is true however one is the main event, and one is some shit that you, you quote unquote isn't a draw, so you don't have to really pay much mind to, as opposed to being, you know, the number one creation thing. Like, if they do that in the main event, bro, well, it's I, not gonna be pretty. Well, I don't, I don't have to worry about Miz not being able to talk in a lead up to the storyline. I don't have to worry about the Miz not showing up every week. I don't have to worry about the Miz um, looking like it, like, looking like a jackass um, from the stuff that he's saying. Um, and if, you know, based on the WrestleMania main event we saw, I mean, Miz can hang in there. Miz can, okay. So if Miz got his, got his fucking cranium cracked, you think he's going to finish the match or you think he's going to fold up? That's not what I'm saying. Oh, wait. Hey, you, you talk about the match that was laid out. No, I don't no, think no. Miz, I'm, 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 I'm strictly talking about. From, from I'm, a 260-pound world-class shoot fighter. I'm strictly, I don't know about you. I'm strictly talking about, like, match quality. Like, you know, if that's what, you know, they rolling out here. Miz is more than competent. Well, well, what I will say is this. Uh, if he's going to do work with Brock Lesnar, he's going to get tossed around and beat up, period. So, like, uh, you look at AJ Styles, you look at uh, you look at Braun Strowman, who caught the, caught the, what was that, two-piece or three-piece he caught from Braun? Or from he caught Brock. a two-piece. Yeah, caught the two-piece. You can talk about Joe. You can talk about Roman's first match with Lesnar at, Rus- at WrestleMania 31. He got his ass whooped in that match, too. Like Brock is stiff is a stiff fucker. Crazy, um, but yeah, onto the main card. Seth Rollins defeating the aforementioned Miz and Finn Balor in a triple threat match. Now we got to talk about this this damn uh, Finn Balor shit. They get all the way to fucking <laughs> WrestleMania, right? And they do not have this yep. motherfucker paint up. Why? Yeah, for fucking funsies. Because because I mean this because is what he's I'll gonna say, fucking right? lose if they didn't want him to win. But, but but don't you at least agree that they they shouldn't beat him while he's in the gimmick until it's something important, like really important, like a title shot, like I don't, a top title shot. I don't think they should necessarily even make it a gimmick. Just make it war paint, like. But you know they got to go ahead and WWE this shit up, like and say it's a demon and it's some underworld shit. Yeah. It's like nah, man, it's it's fucking paint. Like, yeah. <laughs> um. What'd you think of uh, I did hear people yeah. say that like it was now I did hear people say that this wasn't the biggest that this wasn't the biggest match, therefore that's the reason why you decided to use it. Like my counter argument to that would be, well, he did the shit at fucking was that Battleground or was that uh right. I no, guess TLC. AJ Styles earlier yeah. in the year. What was that? TLC. Is that Battleground? No, it was TLC. Oh, TLC. Did, yeah, he did a TLC in a in an exhibition match against against AJ Styles. So kinda don't want to hear that. Kinda throw that out the window because that's bullshit. Yeah. Uh so uh, yeah, man. It, I mean, he protect. Look, I remember. I remember. Uh, I remember Scott Hall back in the day. He was still in his right mind. He was talking about uh, about wrestling, uh, WCW and WWF, and he would say, 
Um, you would talk about the razor, the razor's edge, or the outside of the edge, whatever you call it, the edge, right? Uh-huh. And how, like, if he was gonna lose, he wouldn't do it. He ain't using it. No, he ain't doing it. You ain't gonna kick out my shit. I'm protecting my own shit. And like, whether it was whether it was uh, Balor or the staff, whatever else, they decided to protect it. And look. We, we're gonna talk. About, we're gonna get into it. We're gonna talk a lot about guys being used and guys uh, st- having stuff protected or not, and all this and the third, and how people have life protection, how people have been over been exposed or whatever else. So like, if they're trying to protect one damn thing, I can't after this after this WrestleMania, I can't really you know, Oscar streak up in smoke for a motherfucker that's gonna lose in <laughs> two days later. Like I can't I can't really be doing too much complaining about protecting shit right, right oh, now, man. can I? Yeah, uh, Seth Rollins wins the Intercontinental Championship and he joins. Uh, becomes a Grand Slam champion. Shouts out to Rollins for that. I was a little puzzled by his gear. I don't watch Game of Thrones and all that. To me, it just looked gray. Um, it seems like people really dug it, though. What's up? Yeah, I don't watch Game of Thrones either. Like, I mean, it's a very, it's, it's one of the most popular shows on TV. It's not really my thing. Maybe I'll catch it eventually. Um, but, yeah, like, that, if, it, if that's your thing, cool, whatever. Yeah, you, you probably thought it was raw, but for me, it was just gray. But, um, yeah, Miz comes off the IC belt, and, you know, maybe there's, there's you know, something for him in the Superstar shakeup where he ends up back on the same brand with Daniel Bryan. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but up next, Charlotte Flair defeated Asuka by submission, retaining the SmackDown Women's Championship in just over 13 minutes. For my money, this was the best match on the show. Um <laughs> What was that? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, um, I don't know if it was the best match of the show, but it, at worst, it's the second best match on the show from from a from a technical wrestling standpoint. Um, they did a lot of stuff in this match. Uh, I wish, you know, my only real, I have two complaints that are both minor. One was that I wish it was five minutes longer. Um, and part and two is probably part is probably a part of that of that um problem is that like. I did not like the fact that they had like uh, Oscar tap out after not much of a struggle at all, or even a chance to get out of it out of the move one time with the injured Charlotte just slapping on her move with a bridge on one hand. Mm-hmm. Like she was clearly weakened, so she clearly didn't get all of it in. So Charlotte, so Oscar should have been able to fight out at least once, and then you slap back on, you know, in four minutes, three minutes, whatever else. Uh, there are a couple matches that I thought the two two of the three best matches on this card. Um, were matches that I thought like were also hampered and could have been better had they were given if they were given more time. But you know we have to spend thirty minutes on an, on a pretending uh, I guess whatever you want to call it uh, on foreplay and, and teasing whether or not Undertaker is actually going to show up and squash uh, John Cena. So Ooh, um, you know you know priorities priorities right. Uh, so um, yeah, but I thought it was a, I thought it was a great match. I thought this was the big. I thought it was the best. I thought this was, Charlotte has had what. You argue two of the th- two of the best uh, WrestleMania matches in in two of the last uh, sorry the best match at two of the last three WrestleManias. Uh, you can argue for both both of her, this match and also thirty two. Um, like if you're gonna build if you're gonna build somebody by giving her a win like that, build her. I didn't give, you know whatever else. I, I I hate that you know they did that to her two days later after getting that after, after yeah, getting basically the is... biggest win in women's after getting the, basically the biggest win in women's uh, WWE history. Um, that's, that sucks. Uh, big time, but you know, um, I think, I think, you know, I think the thing on that is at least to some extent is that like, 
you know, we, you always talk about insurance or whatever else and like, or in protection or whatever else, Charlotte, you know, amongst all the people, amongst all the other people and not important people that come, come in and out of WWE and get their ass kicked and get over or don't or whatever else and win and lose, go up and down and other shit like Charlotte, regardless of what you want to say, like she's a star. Cause they, you know, the all the stuff back and forth with uh with Nikki Bella and the stuff with uh with with Sasha over that point in time she became an actual star where uh in all the all the first ever pay-per-view events and stuff that she did with, with Sasha she's a flat out legitimate star and you know like uh out of the very out of the you know the the handful of people or less than that that they've actually do done a, a semi decent job protecting she's one of them so um I'm glad she got the win and it meant something it was you know it it, it beat Oscar, but it's Charlotte. So I'm okay. I'm okay with, with Charlotte being one of the two people that rightfully should have broken the street, whether it was her or Rousey. So um good for them. And I hope, you know, this is a this is a springboard into uh or from this show um and what the two biggest successes of the show was, which was Charlotte and Oscar and also the Rousey match. And hopefully we can, you know, uh Flash forward to a year from now in at the top of the marquee, Rousey versus Flair. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that for being the main event of WrestleMania 35. I would love it. So um, I was glad Charlotte was the one to uh, end the streak rather than just feed it to Ronda Rousey off rip. Um, you know, at the time, mm-hmm. uh, Charlotte has a legitimate history of being a phenomenal wrestler. Uh I can understand why they did it. I would have liked Oscar to look a little bit stronger in defeat, but um, they make those calls how they make them. Uh, unfortunately, uh, if you're going to, if your plan is Charlotte and Ronda, eventually, I think Oscar is the way to enhance Charlotte even more. And you know, Oscar's beat everyone already. Essentially, I mean, she can just go back to beating everybody. My only fear is hopefully they don't treat her like everyone else. And, you know, now that they've got rid of the streak, that they feel like they can do fuck shit because this gives them a license to. I hope not. I hope Asuka can, you know, be angry. I hope that she gets uh, moved over to SmackDown so she can go after Carmella and kick her fucking head off and, you know, <coughs> figure it out from there. But, um, yeah, man, they've they've I think they had a they had a special match here. I wish it was longer. Charlotte's entrance was absolutely phenomenal. Um, playing Rick's music yep. um, out there, having you know the guys in, in there, uh, you know, helping her off the throne. All the gold, like Charlotte was like immaculate uh, this WrestleMania. She may have been the MVP of WrestleMania. Like, I, I, I was so yeah. impressed. Like, yeah, like it was, it, it was this weird thing where like there are all these callbacks from. From um from this WrestleMania were like callbacks to WrestleMania 30 or 31, which is weird. Like first time we ever see first time we ever see uh Charlotte um on WWE television as as a as a talent is at WrestleMania 30. Um, you know, like playing like one of these I guess like uh, sirens or whatever for Triple H, and then all of a sudden like. They bring it full circle, and she does it. She's now the queen, or whatever. She's Cle- she's Cleopatra. She's you know, <laughs> she's she's Helen of Troy. She's all that, and like, and she has these dudes with her, like they're basically like you know, like taking care of every woman need, and and then like you also have you know, 
uh, Daniel Bryan back in New Orleans and you have Undertaker back in New Orleans and you have like 31 where like it's, it's Brock versus uh, Lesnar. And like there were so many callbacks to those two WrestleManias and it's just crazy. Yeah, man. Um, following that match, um, we had the U.S. title match with Jinder Mahal defeating Randy Orton, Bobby Roode and Rusev. Now, Rusev has had an interesting week uh, in WWE. He was famously inserted late into this match only to do the job um, to lose on Rusev Day. And while he's being, you know, one of the most over guys in the building, I don't understand it. Um, and they obviously give the belt to the worst motherfucker out of them all. Um, it is the U.S. title, so I don't really care. Uh, I'm, I'm I saw so many other things on this show that pissed me off. This, like, almost didn't even register. But Randy Orton with another WrestleMania, essentially, he can just he can just mail in. Um, not really too impressed by Orton this year. I don't understand the point. Uh, Bobby Roode was kind of just hanging out. But, you know, they worked at a really fast pace. But, you know, gender wins. And it all led to Jinder Mahal versus Randy Orton again. What the fuck do we do to get this match, uh, James? I don't know. Time is a flat circle. Like the same, like the same shit that's been done will always be done for then until the end of time. Um, from uh from a fourth dimension, so from a fourth dimension perspective, and uh, I guess the fourth dimension is brought to three D, and we're back with this again after another WrestleMania. Uh, so yeah, have fun with that, guys. Yeah, uh, Jinder Mahal is the U.S. champion, winning the U.S. title a year too late. Um, you know, wouldn't have. You know, this w- probably would have benefited him last year a little bit more than this year because I feel like he has a certain yep. amount of uh, kind of go away heat with everyone. It's like, whatever, man. We we see what y'all are doing with this. Like, just do what the fuck y'all want, and we'll worry about you know the main event and all the other guys on SmackDown at the moment. You know, if he doesn't move to Raw or something. Do you imagine him being on a three hour Raw, bro? On every single week. There's no way. And The Rock means no way. That'd be way. so painful. Like, but let's get on <laughs> to um to the mixed tag team match. Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey defeating Triple H and Stephanie McMahon in just over 20 minutes in the mixed tag team match. This match went from like zero to a hundred real quick, as they say. Um, Kurt Angle was in the beginning of the match looking super washed, um, and then yep. it all turned around. Um, this was an enjoyable, fun, like on the edge of your seat, perfectly laid out masterpiece of a match by Triple H. Um, Stephanie was excellent, Rousey was excellent, um, Angle was washed. Let's let's not get it twisted or anything. But yep. you know, he didn't he didn't have to do much. I probably wouldn't, you know, I know he's gonna be in the greatest Royal Rumble and all that, but his days are numbered. Uh what did you think about this match, James? I thought um I'm now even more convinced than I was after SummerSlam two thousand fourteen that Stephanie should wrestle once or twice every single year against the women that um, that she she constantly comes on TV and buries all the fucking time. We're back. We had some technical difficulties. James, you were saying that Stephanie needs to wrestle some of these women that she's been burying all year long. Yeah, I mean, you look at how she comes in every single time, or not every single time, but like often, very often, and buries the talent, whether it be male or female. 
Um, she hasn't really done it to the any of the women um, as of late, but there were there were notorious ones where she uh, in early early 2017 where like she tells uh, Sasha, for example, I'm not the boss. You're not the boss. I'm the boss. Who the hell do you think you are? And then the whole situation where she contributed to the burial of uh, of uh, uh, Bailey's career. So it'd be nice for them to actually get their paws on her and give them and give her, you know, uh, some of, some of what she deserves. And actually, you know, occasionally um, for the purposes of, of keeping her heat, beating beating um, some of these women every so often. Um, and I think I think it would be good for morale for for that to happen as opposed to you know. Um, her basically being, you know, positioned like she is the moon and everybody's just howling at her. Yeah. Um, and she's really damn good. So, uh, yes, yeah, Stephanie showed that all those late night training sessions weren't for, for nothing. James, like <laughs> she, she, yeah. she's a workout warrior with triple H and, um, she definitely, I don't, I don't know if she like looked like the greatest athlete in the world, but she looked competent, which is essentially all I can ask for from a non wrestler. Yes, uh, she looked competent, uh, and she also wrestled as well as her heat will allow her to uh, to be believable. Um, certain people, if she was less if she was less over as a heel, people wouldn't buy her offense. But like she's really hated and disliked um, due to you know her her years and years and years of, of of killing people verbally on the mic. So she's allowed to you know not be the the, the exactly the best worker in the business while still. Cr- uh, while still also generating tons and tons of heat, and you know, if anything, um, if anything you can bank on is that Stephanie McMahon DDT will look will look great. So that's what we got to bank on. <laughs> what did you think of Rousey? Um, I thought she was good. I thought that uh, for a debut match, um, for somebody that has never wrestled in front of a live working crowd before, I thought she was really damn good. I'm interested to see what she does in the future and if she, you know, and hopefully, you know, we can get the next out of her. We can get like the next Charlotte Flair, the next Bianca Belair or something, somebody that can wrestle along those lines. Um, Cause I mean, athletically is there the timing? She was really good on her timing and everything. Uh, obviously she has, you know, she's have to get uh, more uh, sophisticated uh, facial expressions, but for, for where we are right now with her, like this has been a complete home run for them. This is like the best thing they've done since at least the Goldberg thing, as far as um, building a brand new star or pushing a, a newer star or, or whatever you want to call it, like a top um, baby face. Uh, so I think, you know, ha- you know, thumbs up all around for me, uh, home run, like I, all the, all the superlatives, all the positive, um, all the positive objectives I can uh, come up with for that. Like it was great. So went way better than I thought it would be. Um, for me, the jury's still out. I'm interested to see what she looks like in singles matches, how often that's going to happen. And of course, you know, what is going to be on the microphone eventually? Do they just punt and stick her with somebody? And eventually when does she become a heel? But I don't think you necessarily need to think about the heel turn yet because people like her. Uh, you know, I think that she, you know, I think that they're going to make every attempt to protect any shortcoming that she has. So, uh, which, we, which they should, and which they should do for every single party they decide they want to push. Like they don't have to, they don't have to, like you know, like they don't have to just throw everybody out in the deep water until they ask to swim. They can, you know, emphasize people's strengths and, and de-emphasize flaws. Yeah. 
That's like what that's what, what Paul Heyman would do so well. Um, so we'll see if she ends up being drafted or anything. I highly doubt it that she's going anywhere but Monday Night Raw. But um, yeah, we'll see. Um, I gave this match a three and three quarter rating. Uh, originally it was three and a half, and then I bumped it up. You know, just thinking about you know how well it went uh, in the uh, you know fallout and everything and. Triple H gets to take this one to uh, his grave. Like, yeah, man, I I was out here bumping for a woman at WrestleMania. So, wh- yeah. <laughs> what y'all gonna do? So, and he also looked like Triple H in two thousand uh, showed up. Yeah, like Bro, it's, it's amazing that how that man's all, all, anti-aging. That man, that man's that man inhaling all the PEDs. Uh- <laughs> I mean, I, you, you, I'm not going there with you. All I will say is, um. It's a real Benjamin Button shit going on with him right now. Some, so, ain't, some ain't right, um, as I would say. Some is not it right. Seems, it, it seems that Triple H has figured out a way to, uh, physically at least, he has figured out a way to uh, to reverse the hands of time. Yeah, He's getting younger. Meanwhile, everybody else is getting older. Yes. Um, he is waking up in the morning, clanging and banging. That man still thinks he's in a rivalry with The Rock, James. Hey, I mean, maybe he is. Cause look, uh, the Rock, you know, the Rock got the gray beard and everything else. Triple H, that man, still, you know, still blonde. Fighting off, fighting it off. Hairline still strong. Very strong. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, amazing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what Triple H got figured out, but he, he's got, he's got the stuff, as they say. <laughs> But moving on, uh, the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, the Bludgeon Brothers defeated the Usos and the New Day in just over five minutes. And this is where things start to take a turn. James, I want nothing more than the quote unquote palate cleanser, the quote unquote cool down match. I want that shit to disappear from, you know, go go to fuck away. Like, I, I don't need it. It is nothing but a crowd killer because there's no guarantee you will ever get the crowd back. And I think the rest of this show evidence that, um, this is something that only WWE does in modern times, the way any other card is built any, anywhere else in the world. You don't have to worry about a tired crowd because everything they want to see is on at the end. Well, you know, they you know, their WWE logic is everybody else is wrestling. We're sports entertainment. Well, you sports it. Well, you you were not sports entertaining at all after the last three hours of this show for the most part. Uh, so that's that's the lesson I've learned. And also, here's another idea: don't book that many fucking matches. Great point. Um, the Usos finally make their WrestleMania debut for a five minute match. I'm sure those guys couldn't have been um, happy about that. I definitely wasn't. Um, the Bludgeon Brothers. Pretty much, this is the first time uh, Harper and Rowan have won the uh, tag team uh, title as a unit, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, New Day came out here. I thought their entrance was absolutely ridiculous and stupid. And the digital, all the digitally imposed entrances, all that shit got to go, bro. All of it got to go. Um, what did you think about this, bro? Like, because this is like kind of where it all, like, you know, the the cracks in the ship started forming. Yeah. That good Charlotte It's all downhill from here. Um, yeah, I, man, this is one of these matches where like, if they were going to put it on for X amount of time and give them like 
what happened on this card where it seemed like shit that all the most of the good shit ended up getting cut short, then they shouldn't have not put the fucking match on. Like it was a nothing match. Nobody gets over. Like are the Bludgeon Brothers one more bit over than they were after they destroyed the New Day in the Usos at uh Fast Lane? I think they're right there to just have belts with them now. Yeah. Like that served no purpose other than just to get them on the show. I mean, it's cool. They got a cut of the WrestleMania DVD or Blu-ray, or whatever, whatever. But like this, I mean, not everybody gets a moment in the sun, and not on every on every single uh, uh on every how do you say? It? Everybody gets their moment in the sun on every single sunset, right? So, like, if you had nothing planned for them outside of being a filler match. Drop them and give uh, and give uh, your other stories more time, or make the show shorter. Yeah, man, the the Usos I thought were the best act in WWE of 2017. Um, you know, disregarding yeah. like you know AJ Styles and Braun Strowman, like you know the Usos are right there going into this thing, cutting excellent legacy enhancing promos. All they needed was, you know, that great WrestleMania match. They didn't get a chance to have it. So I feel bad for those nope. dudes. Um, the new day, of course, another inconsequential WrestleMania, um, to add to their legacy. This match was an all out failure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like one thing that kills me is like, people talk about, you know, Somebody's over, or this and the third, and merchandise, and and what they sold, and all this shit. Don't fucking very few, matter. Very, 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 very few people sell more merchandise than New Day has over the last uh, roughly three years. Um, nobody has been as good on the, has had as many compelling feuds or has put on as much good TV as the New Day and the Usos against each other over the last year. And you still couldn't, you still found. Five minutes for for them, and you know, like, I mean, if you, I mean, it, you, they would have been they would have been better off not being on the card or being on the pre-show, and being able to go for X amount of time, and then complaining about how they were left off, then to actually get five minutes and be able to do exactly jack shit with it. I mean, unbelievable. At that, I mean, at that point, like you giving them five minutes took away from other shit that you felt that was more important that could have built, like. Nakamura and AJ damn should use another five minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but, I mean, I, w- I wish they had did better with them, but they didn't. And, and in the end, it also helped uh, overall dampen the entire, uh, the entire back half of the card. So that was a failure. Yep. Speaking of failures, uh, up next, John Cena was <laughs> out. Uh, you know, after oh, and we and we missed this. John Cena was sitting in the crowd as a fan the entire night, right? Drinking beer, uh, getting cut to every couple minutes, and then you know yes. during drunk, Charlotte's drunk drinking on the job. Yes, uh, word to Austin. Um, he was he was um, Charlotte was doing her celebration after she won the match and John Cena, a referee runs out and John Cena ends up running right past Charlotte, kind of upstaging that moment, um, taking it away from her. And totally this. And whole... also, and also caught Oscar looking like perplexed in a, in a funny smiley way, which was like her streak just got broken. She should look devastated. Instead. She has to, she has to play off of this, this fucking goof jumping over just the rope or jumping, you know, yeah, this goop that's right now civilian be able to jump into like the workers' uh, realm and then run to the back. 
Like, so yeah, that that was that was also another part that like was also sucked about uh, about WrestleMania 34. Look, man, I would I would have gone for Oscar laying out that civilian with a spinning heel kick. Like, like, what are you doing, jumping over this this, this ramp? You know, <laughs> this is not for you, baby. Like. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, John Cena came out uh, huge pop, and you know the whole thing was implied that the Undertaker was here. So he got in the ring, started you know cutting his promo and you know talking all this mess, and then he was met by Elias. <sighs> oh my god! They brought Elias out there to to play a song, and you know guys over. Um, they bring him in the ring and fuck him up and whoop his ass. And this yep. is like, it takes like 20 minutes to do this. You couldn't have gave the Bludgeon Brothers and Biggie and the Usos a couple more than minutes instead of like, you know. Not even that. Like, I have such an issue with like, I'm so, I'm sure you are too, but I'm so tired of the new talent that gets themselves over whether I like him or not, like people like Elias a lot, and like I'm, I've, I've had to come to the conclusion. Look, um, and I, and I've done this before. Like, it's a shit ain't for me, but people like it. I rock with it because other people like it, and not everything's meant to me because it's a gigantic variety show. That's why the thing's three hours long. That's why Raw's three hours long. That's why SmackDown's two hours long. So Elias is over, um, but instead of cap going, you know, like same thing with Rusev Day, instead of capitalizing on that. By you know rewarding them with something or just giving them a time to shine in, in a moment, or a match. what do they do? They whoop it. They whoop his ass. They whoop my his guy ass. is about to get whooped. Yep, they whoop he his ass. ass whoop. He got his ass whooped by somebody. Got his ass whooped. Man so, was about to, about to come out here and and do a job in three minutes, and then he had to get you know his ass like drug and and beat down like a jabron. Like they could have put just like I don't know, man. Like that's. This is heartening, and, and I'm in the same boat with you with Elias. Like, I don't really think he's, you know, anything special for my taste. WWE clearly doesn't trust him to wrestle, like, based on this first calendar year. If, if you can name, um, you know, so, like two or three uh, matches that Elias had on pay-per-view, I'll give you a dollar. Like, I know he wrestled huh. um, Jason Jordan in a throwaway on pay-per-view once. Besides that, what else you got? The Elimination Chamber that they just threw him in as the sixth guy? They clearly like there's something in the ring that they don't trust, but he got over in spite of that. So yep. why do this to him? But and this ain't the first time he's got his ass by John Cena either. Yeah. Um. So no coming, he just got his ass but that's the end of it. So like you know, after Elias gets discarded like common trash, uh, the Undertaker brings his old ass out there, and it takes him seven whole minutes to get to the ring. The crowd lost their minds for this. Um, they worked people into thinking this wasn't happening. We knew it was happening the whole time. And James, I told you from the jump, I was on Chad's show with Dave Fenichel, and um, I told them, I wanted no parts of this match. This is going to be stupid. This is going to be horrible. This is going to be atrocious. This is going to be trash. And it was all of those things plus more. As these guys went two minutes and 45 seconds and absolutely wasted a once-in-a-lifetime dream match that came four to five years too late, 
all because the Undertaker gets called into action either by Vince McMahon or he shows up for his annual million dollar check. The Undertaker is absolutely worthless in 2018. He was worthless in 2017. He's been bad at WrestleMania for years now. The Undertaker's just showing up. This this all this was confirmation for me, James, was this guy cannot have a match anymore. And they use John Cena to fucking do this. This is yeah, absolute trash. Yeah, I don't know if he's absolutely I don't how do I say this? Um Yeah, man, like he shouldn't have had the match. Uh it was a waste of time. Uh like I don't I mean I don't I mean there's no silver lining on this. Like why are they doing this to Cena? John Cena's your number John Cena's your number one guy in the company, you squash him like a bug again. Um after having such a terrible, shitty, no good year at all. Um, last year after WrestleMania 33, like the worst thing that ever happened to this dude's like career. If it wins and losses, like if we were to treat uh, WWE like under the prism of it was like 20 years ago when wins and losses actually mattered or whatever else, then like John Cena's had like the worst year of his career ever since getting engaged. Yeah, <laughs> like, Nikki Bella's ruined like, his life. I, I wouldn't say that. Right. I'm saying like that man <laughs> don't know how to handle like the that man don't know how to handle like the uh, the spirit of competition, say, like, uh, the honor. The honest life. So, yeah. but anyway, that's besides the point. This match should not have happened. Um, like even for an unadvertised match, even if you want to say it's an unadvertised match and it didn't matter, um, fine. And uh, honestly, like it was only it went so short that it couldn't stink. Um, but it was just a is, dud. you put so, but you put so much time into this that like you put so much time in it for that. That and you and you had Cena come out for weeks and weeks and weeks, and like that's all you got, and like there's no there's no semblance or sign of a rematch. Um, Undertaker's going to be wrestling Jericho at uh, at the greatest at the greatest Royal Rumble. Cool. And the casket match. This. Yeah, that, that has nothing to do with this. Like you just came out there and just wasted a bunch of people's time for you know. Was it 40 minutes or so? Something like that? Yeah, it was like a half hour that this whole thing took. The match went two minutes. The Undertaker's entrance was three times longer than that. This was just like, fold it up, brother. Like, like quit. I, I don't know why people can't, you know, just turn their brains off of The Undertaker, like, at this moment. What do we need? To, what else do we need to see? John Cena could have been utilized against someone else. He could have fought Seth Rollins. He could have fought... Hell, he could have fought Randy Orton. I don't give a fuck. Like at this rate, like do something with with Cena that he can continue, you know, to produce for you. I don't know, man. This is this was really bad. This pissed me all the way off. They go right into the comeback, the way the match was done, and they have John Cena playing like he was spooked by the Undertaker's powers. This was absolutely like dreadful. Shit, diarrhea, ass water, everything you want to want to describe yeah. this match. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going that far. I would just say it was a big waste of time. Um, nothing was nothing was bad, but at, at that point in the show, and how long everything took for to get done, I was I would consider it a failure, and I would leave it at that. Like they they were just they they just wasted people's time. They wasted so our I, time I, for months, James. Months. Not that too. Yeah. Speaking of wasting time, Daniel Bryan is back after three years of retirement. Um, he was back. Yes. Uh, 
No, no. Can I go? Sure. Can I do this? Sure. Okay. So, Daniel Bryan, uh, the champion that never lost his title, uh, that tragically lost his career uh, due to uh, concussion uh, concerns, and and, uh, and he comes back after three years to the, to the spot where uh, he had the miracle on Bourbon Street or whatever Michael Cole has, has uh, been told to call it. Right. And he's back. And after and after two, uh, really three long ass years, he gets power bombed and he has to sell. He has to sell again. Yeah, we waited three for long ten years fucking and more minutes. Ten. Oh my god! Oh, this fucking company. Why? So, why? so that Shane McMahon can get his ass whooped uh, and and be bad at selling for ten minutes until until we can see like. The wackest, longest, over-dramatized hot tag of all time. Bro, it was just like the crowd wanted to go crazy. They wanted to to lose it, and they did lose it for Daniel Bryan during his entrance. They did show all the stuff that they were running away from uh, when Daniel Bryan's rise to the top actually happened with all the mainstream success that the Yes Chant took on. They lost their shit for this guy. And as you mentioned, they fucking apron powerbomb him and do a fucking injury angle, like, right off rip. It's like, these fuckers can't help themselves. Um, you know, then they have him stand there for ten minutes, as you mentioned. And he finally gets in the ring, and then he clears house and whoops these dudes' ass inside of six minutes. And, you know, the crowd's with him. You know, all his signature spots look good. He's still Daniel Bryan, as, you know, we saw two days later when he wrestled AJ Styles. He's still the same fucking guy. Um, he's trolling y'all, too, that don't think that he can hold up to the pain when he did that drop kick and he sold like he was dead and then he kept up. I fucking laughed uh, because Daniel Bryan is clear to wrestle and do everything that wrestling entails. Um, yeah, man. Not the perfect scenario for him to come back. They went over. He beat Sami Zayn. I'm fine. Daniel Bryan's back. They could have structured the match a little better. That's the only yeah, real complaint. It been better, yeah, it would have been, it would have been a lot better. I, if this Daniel wasn't set to be a blowaway match. match. Yeah, go ahead. yeah, this would this been a lot better if AJ had. I'm sorry, AJ. Bryan started the match. Um, set up a hot tag for Shane, who then sets up the final hot tag for Bryan, and Bryan goes nuts. Like that would have been a much better uh, match, but. Whatever they wanted to stretch the guys for his first big match back, so yeah. And you know, uh, up next, um, Nia Jax took on Alexa Bliss, who was accompanied to the ring by Mickey James. And James, you called this whole match the way it would go. Um, uh, and this was for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Now, this could have been What's Sasha Banks and Bailey. I don't even remember what was that. Did I call? I don't even remember. So you said Nia was going to wear Mickey James out to begin with, um, or Mickey James was going to be there to do all the cheating, but Nia had had other plans and she got rid of Mickey James off rip. Uh, what did you think about this match, James? Bad match, uh, good character, good baby face, good heel, um, crowd. Um, crowd was behind Naya in a way that I, I did not uh, anticipate. Same here. Which was a pleasant surprise. Which was a really pleasant surprise. And, um, you know, that was a, that was one of the very, that was like probably what the, well, the second to last feel-good moment of the entire night. 
if they, if, they, if you were to call that a feel good moment. Um. Yeah. Um. Alexa Bliss finally as out of here. As far as, as far as the match, not good. Yeah. Not. Not, I'm I'm not with anyone trying to pass this off for anything more than it was, which was a glorified 10-minute squash. Alexa Bliss came with her offense that no one believed. Uh, she hit her DDT that no one believed was the finish. Uh, the entire Superdome was just kind of watching, staring. Uh, but Nia Jax, the babyface monster champion, I don't know how much, how much you know it has legs-wise, but... If people aren't booing her, see how long you can ride with it. You know, you don't have a money in the bank briefcase to worry about anymore, which I thought would be the um, ultimate undoing of her as champion. Uh, I don't think she's going to go anywhere. She's going to be the, the woman on Raw. So I would suggest getting her in there with as many good wrestlers as you can to bring the best out of her. Like, you, you need to have Mickey James go and run it with her. You need to have uh, Sasha run it with her again if you decide on turning Sasha. Um, maybe, I, I don't know if the iconic, you know, duo is going to go over. I don't really think like, you know, Billy Kay's all that in the ring, but Peyton Royce is somewhat competent. Um, you got to get some like real heels around her that can work and go. So I, I don't know if WWE is necessarily deep in that area. Maybe you, you do a superstar shakeup and you get Becky Lynch over there and you turn her. But I don't know. Like, if you want to make Nia Jax a success, she's got to go in there with good wrestling heels that will bring the best out of her as a babyface. Not chicken, yeah, well, not hope. chicken shit, folks. That that are just gonna run from her and and cause her to have bad matches. <clears throat> I mean, it would be nice that, um, given you know what they've done with her, that like she goes on like a bit of a, I don't know, like a two month run just killing fools. Uh, it'd be nice if you do that, and then like you know, eventually when it's time to lose to Charlotte or lose to Oscar or lose to Rousey. She got a nice run where she looked dominant, and then like you can move her down to the second slot after that, or or, or you know, if shit works out, continue seeing where it goes. Yeah. Um, like what wh- whatever, just I, I would just like them to run with the hot hand for now with the women division. Like with Rousey there, you know that you're gonna have to build and build and build um, more and more of these women into viable uh, viable uh, threats for Rousey. So you know. This is the first one we got out the box, so let's see what we let's see what we can get out of it to begin with. Are you glad to see the end of Alexa Bliss's reign? Uh, whatever. Um, I would say she did the best work of her career. Um, in this WrestleMania run up, as far as her care, as far as her ability to talk on the mic and her promos, they got did everything to be able to get the position to where. She actually got the heel heat that she was looking for. She's actually good at her job as a heel, as opposed to the Bray Wyatt of the world that, you know, the company does all types of shit, like throw Daniel Bryant, have, you know, Wyatt throw Daniel Bryant out 2015 Rumble, and most that does is get the crowd to boo their new, their next fucking uh, golden boy in, in, in training. So, um, Alexa, you know, Alexa's good with me for now. Um, I think that they, I think they need to uh, move her. You know, now that she's down on the card or whatever else, like they need to move her off to wrestling matches to get better in the ring. Sorry, something else. Yeah, like I'm done. I have championship yeah. fatigue with her. Like, like get yeah, get her in there. Get her in there with I don't know. Have her feud with Mickey again or whatever else. Turn Mickey like have Mickey turn on her and, and turn Alex into a babyface or whatever else. Um, 
just get her in the ring with with uh, with 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 women that can work and give her more more ring time and let her get better. Yeah, I I think you know they need to consider like you know taking her off into another direction because she's been the champ way too long. Um, yeah. So the match, the dream match was next. AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. AJ Styles defeats Nakamura in just over 20 minutes, retaining the WWE championship. This match, man, Nakamura's entrance. Incredible. I like the jacket. I like the, uh, the guitar. I like, you know, the big feel. It wasn't an orchestra, but it was damn close. Um, you know, between him and Charlotte, I think you had to look at who had the best entrance at WrestleMania. These guys, they did not live up to the dream match moniker that WWE promoted it as as such that fans have built it up. You know, it's the rematch to Wrestle Kingdom. And this was like underwhelming on every level, James, for me. Yep. Um, She's on where to start. Okay, so do you remember what's the last time you saw their New Japan match? I watched it not that long ago, actually. Probably about two okay. months ago. Okay, what was done in that match that was so absurd or wild that they could not do in a WWE ring? Nothing. Okay. Um that match was what? Uh Two two years and three months ago? Two years, right? three months ago, and it was four minutes longer, James. Okay, so... Um, you know, unless AJ, Styles, unless AJ Styles happened to uh, become washed up in the last... I don't know, what was the match with Lesnar three months ago? Or sorry, four months ago? Five months ago? Yeah, Survivor Series. Yeah, Survivor Series... And if Nakamura is somehow like forgot how to wrestle since fast lane with Rusev, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I don't know, man. It is it was probably the, you know, probably the most disappointing WrestleMania match I can think of since like probably Undertaker Brock. Another part of WrestleMania coming full circle. Back in New Orleans, another another disappointing, like gigantic match between two great workers and i don't you know and after the match it became clear like it felt like there was some type of agenda here to i feel like i saw this look on aj styles face where he would they were in a hold like on the mat right and he has this look on his face like i can't believe they're making us do this and he was like looking around the crowd and the crowd just kind of watching and no one really wanting to say what needed to be said and when we were watching this together James, you saw me, like, twirling my finger, like, all right, y'all, pick this shit up. Y'all just kind of land here. What the fuck is going on? And it never got out of, like, the beginning mode. It was just they stayed in, it. They kept it stuck in match. third gear and never got to fourth or fifth. It was, it was a SmackDown match. It was almost a house show match. It was, like... I can't even say that because I've seen like you, if you remember from the summer the Nakamura and, and Cena match that match was was far better superior to this match. Yes. Um. Yeah. And you know I've seen folks like say, well, you can't compare it to the New Japan match. Like, sure you can. They're the same guys. Like, like okay, fine. You don't want to compare it to New Japan match. How about we? Do, how about we do this? How about we compare that match to almost to almost virtually. 
I can you can throw every AJ Styles big match in WWE that he's had over the last two years into a hat, turn your head, re- look into it blindly, and pull it out. Compare and pull, compare it to whatever match you pull out that card. I guarantee you, it doesn't hold up. It doesn't. It doesn't compare. That match was a that match was a disappointment. Yep. And with Nakamura, he gets a turn heel at the end. So it's it was like a telegraph thing, like where this turns out to be the beginning of something. I don't see why yeah. they couldn't have the great match too. Like that's is yeah, that too much to ask, James? Like it is WrestleMania or, after all. Or better yet, seeing that it's WrestleMania and this is the biggest show of the year, so you should put on your best the best you have to offer at um on the show or or most of it, right? If your whole idea is is WrestleMania and it's the biggest show of the year and people are tuning in to see what is what our what's so what our best um, stuff is you give them what you, whatever time it took in that post match, you put that out, you put that out there, and then from there, um, or you put that into the match, you give them extra time so they can have 25 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it took uh, to get that match uh, to where it needed to be. Yep. The match was close, they just they needed to kick in the gear, just never caught in the gear. But you do that match, and then from there, the, if you want to do the heel turn with Nakamura. Do it on TV, right? Because as you because as we all know, TV is typically lackluster and is never anything. It is rarely ever things that are dynamic that happens on on TV, especially SmackDown as of late. So, do the heel turn on TV. It would have been interesting. It would have got buzz for a whole entire week. People would have been watching because it was a show right after WrestleMania, um, and and or you could do the week after after the after the draft. People would have loved it. Like, you don't see. There's a reason why most most of the time on WrestleMania or the or gigantic shows they don't shoot angles like this because it has to. They only put it on their TV, to let their TV handle it because right. This quote unquote, you know, the the joke is, you know, shit, this shit gotta last. You need to stretch as much compelling shit as you possibly can into your television. Yeah, like um, it's almost a lifeline for Nakamura. I felt like WWE never really figured out how to use him as a babyface. Um, and maybe he didn't thrive in that role. So this is going to be, as long as they don't make him into the I hate America uh, foreign heel, I think we're going to see a level of, um, you know, urgency in his matches and also aggressiveness that has kind of been missing. Um, but with AJ Styles and Nakamura, this, you know, I don't know if it's a situation where WWE didn't want this match to blow the roof off because they were saving something for later they wanted folks to have stuff in the tank my only retort to that would be well the show was kind of at six hours long already wasn't it so um i don't know man they they i think they just they whiffed like they laid out a bad match uh whoever's idea was to do the match like that i'm not sure who did that if you did not watch the New Japan match um, in preparation for this one because you wanted to be blown away, I implore you, please watch the New Japan match because you will feel like you were robbed. Like You will feel like, th- why didn't this happen? Because it was not that different than what could be accomplished in WWE. This wasn't, you know, you know, like, this wasn't Okada Omega. Like, you know, and even then, they, they were just wrestling each other. Like, um, 
yeah, so Nakamura turns, and you know we're off to the races from there. And this show is rapidly falling down. Uh, you know the clip we were watching with Josh; he was furious when this happened, and you know th- this whole the way that this whole match went down. I couldn't I couldn't think of a, of a more disappointing <clears throat> match like on, on this show, and this kind of was WrestleMania 34 in a microcosm. On paper, this should have been the greatest WrestleMania of all time, and for me, it comes in. Like I roughly had estimated, there's probably 20 WrestleManias better than this one. Uh, I don't know. Like them early WrestleManias were trash. Um, I, I counted all those. I would say, I don't know. I would say this WrestleMania overall, like given the way the the car was laid out, like I would say it was a mediocre WrestleMania, and I will leave it at that. Like there was stuff on that I liked. There was a lot. There was stuff I would love to rewatch, and there's other stuff. And there's also, but there's also a bunch of stuff I would just like. There, I would never want to rewatch. And um, I think, I think a lot of thing is like the show live when it happens is, is it, that's cool. But like the thing with more Wrestle, most WrestleManias is people go back and watch these WrestleManias like devoid of context or whatever else. And like you know, these are supposed to be the biggest shows or whatever. Uh, uh, you know, of uh, uh, for generations of wrestling Snapshot fans, and time. you're supposed to remember. You're supposed to have all these WrestleMania moments, and you look at it, and it's like, all right, who are the three biggest guys in the company? All right, is is our everyday guys in the company? It's it's John Cena, it's it's Roman Reigns, it's AJ Styles, and like AJ Styles uh, ends his night getting getting literally uh, getting his ass whooped uh, after getting uh, after getting low blowed like a sucker. Um, uh, John Cena gets squashed. <laughs> Um, Roman Reigns is, is, gets his fucking head bust open and loses again he's a, because he's a fucking loser and a failure. Like, what great, what a great moment to relive, guys. Go check that out on the, on the network right now. Right? Sounds sounds fun. And up next, I mean, uh, I mean the only yeah, like the only the only the only great moments are the women, and that's great because I like, hopefully they main event next year because they're the only people they actually did any anything really anything really memorably great with. So like, fuck these dudes, push the women. At this rate, we'll talk. push the women. Like at this rate, if they're gonna do this with the dudes, shit, why not give it push a whirl? The women. Why not give it a whirl? Um, up next, Braun Strowman and a ten-year-old child defeated the Bar for the WWE Tag Team Championships of Raw. I have so many problems with this. This was a way to make your business look stupid. This was a way to make you say, what the fuck am I watching? This is a way to make Braun Strowman into an absolute cartoon. And he's been a cartoon. Let's not get it twisted or anything. Except Strowman's like, people like Strowman enough for, to where this won't go over as an absolute disaster. Um, a child won the tag team titles, James. I don't, I don't know how to process this. Like, what the fuck happened? They, they, I mean, they love to have these moments where, like, where wrestling turns into Disney, right? Where, you know, anything can happen. Even you can, even you too, a, a fucking child, hop in a ring with with two fucking badass motherfuckers, like heavyweight motherfuckers, like Sheamus Cesaro, Sheamus, a guy who picks up people that weigh two hundred and sixty pounds and throws them around for fun. Yeah. Uh, a dude like Sheamus. Who, who's strong enough to kick somebody's teeth out, right? On accident. Like. 
and a kid hops in there, and you know, it was a moment for you know anything can happen. In WWE, you could, could possibly get picked out in the crowd. My issue uh, at this point now with the Strowman is he don't know how to fucking pick. Like you saw the new all those uh, uh, New Japan motherfuckers that were on the floor. Yes. Like Okada, like Okada was there. Tanahashi was there. Um, Suzuki. Uh, sorry, I, think, I think yeah, Suzuki was there. Come on, man, you gotta do better picking than that. You pick Suzuki, you ain't never losing ever again. Yeah, y'all holding belts forever. Um, Braun Strowman yeah. famously was kind of the leftover guy this year. Um, you know, he should have been the main event. He should have been like, you know, going against Lesnar. And he he was Paul Orndorff for WrestleMania in WrestleMania three. Just in case Andre can't go, you yes. know, we gonna put you over on the side. Yes. Um, and this is what they did to him. So. This was trending all over Twitter, James. All over Twitter. Uh, when it happened, I think it was the number one trend in the world. Um, the guy, the kid Nicholas, was the son of one of the referees. We came to later find out. I don't know, man. This this really started hitting me like during this stuff. That This WrestleMania has had five matches in a row that I was just like, what the fuck are they doing? Or five matches out of six. Like... I can't believe this. What is happening right now? This show has gone off a cliff. And we have finally arrived to the moment that you have all been waiting for. The main event of WrestleMania 34, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. And this match stunk the building out. James, we could tell on TV... I felt like I was like James. They're shooting this whole shit so tight because they don't want to show the crowd. Motherfuckers are hitting the wave. Motherfuckers are throwing beach balls. They're chanting CM Punk. This is awful. Johnny Gargano. Everything else under the sun. Not a soul paying attention to this match. It was a terrible yeah. match. It was nothing but German suplexes. Another Brock Lesnar special. This is everything that we feared would happen at WrestleMania 31 in. There was no Seth Rollins to show up this time. There was no actual like compelling uh, nature to the match of them going back and forth. This was just Brock Lesnar kicking this dude's ass after he's kicked this dude's ass in the entire lead-up. Roman Reigns has looked like a biatch the whole time. He's he's whining like a like a punk. He's came out here and been like, you know, Lesnar is Vince's boy. Like it's been the height of unreality. They're in full WCW territory right now, but that's a whole nother argument. They have this dude, Lesnar, put motherfuckers away for one calendar year with one F5, starting with Goldberg, Samoa Joe, Reigns himself at SummerSlam, Braun Strowman, AJ Styles, Kane. Kane. Who else? Was that it? I think that's it. I think yeah. that's it. So he puts all these motherfuckers away with one F5, sacrificing these dudes, making them look like punks who can't kick out of nothing, who are getting hit with it inside of like six or seven minutes in the match and it's over, and just mailing in an entire calendar year. What the fuck they do, James? They make Roman Reigns kick out of five of them. Five! And it was comedy every single time. The first time, no one bought it. No one cared, as we knew was going to happen back in um, October when we first noticed that they were doing this shit. It's like, no one's going to care when he kicks out of, like, you know, an F5. They know that, right? Then, it was another one. 
And as DJ Cal would say, another one, another one, another one. And it just became a parody of itself. And I thought that the network had skipped, like it had gone backwards and shown me something that I had previously seen. But apparently that wasn't the case. This was a disaster. And then they busted Roman Reigns' head open to the white meat and had him bleeding like a stuck pig. They had him coming out, Derek, getting... I don't know if he got concussed, but that's a real fucking easy way to get one. And we have proof of that. If this is a company that is so concerned about health, so concerned about concussions and all that, why the fuck are we still doing this, James? And then I'll let you take it from here. Yeah, man, I don't know. Like, this is also the same company that had, like, they let Kevin Owens fucking rear back and, and, and headbutt a 72-year-old man as hard as he fucking could in the head back in October. So, I don't know, man. They 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 have their, they, they just make up, they make it up and go with Rules different. Because it, be, why? Because, oh, it, it'll get people talking. Like, cool. Then what? Right? Um... And then, like, they spent four fucking years. They wasted, they, they've used four WrestleManias to get to this moment only to say, punt? Nah. To choke. Punt? I'm punting. To choke. They punted again. So. To choke. I don't know. WrestleMania 35 will be adding this shit again, probably. I, I can't believe this, James. Like, they're about to roll this shit over again. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Like, I, you know, I, I said to you, he like, can't ever, he can't ever be the guy. In this, in this, you know, in it, from a macro level, this was not, a, this is not some, you know, this is the worst show ever. This is not, it's not even like the worst show they put on, like, in the last, like, six months, if I were to think about it, right? But this show, and once you get to the end of it and you see what is the main character, the main protagonist of this show, and what happens to him, and who benefits from it? And you're just like, what the fuck for? Like, what? Like, what does what does Lesnar need with this win? What what does it what does that gain for the company that Lesnar gets this W? And also, like, look at all the damage you've done to everybody that's ever been or ever been involved with Roman Reigns to get Roman Reigns to this fucking point. For you to at the end of it say. You know, I don't know. I don't think you're over enough. They might boo you when this happens. It's like, what the fuck are they so terrified for? And and the part that kills me is like, if you're worried about the crowd shit on the match, then maybe you don't book the match. Don't a don't book the match or or two. Look at what the fuck you did at WrestleMania 32. Nobody cheered for that shit, right? You're right. Shot on that match too, right? Yep. So. I mean, we we talk about WrestleMania and WrestleMania moments and everything else. And Roman Reigns has been in four uh, straight WrestleManias. And what's his biggest WrestleMania moment? Like accidentally, accidentally, uh, 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 accidentally hitting a woman. <laughs> is that his biggest WrestleMania moment of his four of his four straight WrestleMania main events? What the fuck is that? Yes, that's that's awful, bro. Four straight WrestleMania main events, not the A side of any of them. The definition of overpushed. Like, this is like, they've kneecapped anyone that's got close to them, as you mentioned. Um, I don't know why they're, they're, they're continuing to do this, not only with Roman, but with Brock as well. 
both of these guys present their own set of problems um, that have to do with WrestleMania and all the blood. And it's so funny how Brock Lesnar accidentally gets blood in every single big match now. It's really becoming a meme, a parody. And then it got even stupider on Monday night when it was like Roman Reigns said, you know, Vince couldn't even look him in the eye and smarten him up. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? Like, come on, man. So, so are we supposed to, so, are, so you told me this in the first, what's the, remember what I said to you? Yes. It's like the elbows weren't even the finish. Yes. So these shoot elbows that are supposed to be about like, oh yeah, you know, he went to business for himself and he shot on, and he's supposed to quote unquote shoot, have shot on Roman. And then like Vince apparently like put, told him to do it. Like, like it's a, like, it's almost like a, what do you call it? Like the Montreal screw job. Right. Yeah. Meanwhile, the finish was a fucking six F five. Are you fucking? Are you out of your mind? After Roman Reigns was running back and forth. Uh, yes, I, I, I can't. I, I just can't. Like, so yeah, this guys. This was a like, colossal disaster. You, you this me, match. Do you want me to tell him or do you want to tell him? You can tell him. Okay, so guys, um, now that we've done this review that I've kind of been dreading to get away from and try to avoid doing for that, Rich has, has haunted me down over the last few days to do it. Um, yeah, like I'm, I'm done. With, I'm done with WWE for for an indefinite period. Um, like the most, the most I can tell you is the earliest I could possibly I feel like I could possibly be back is like June. Um, I might be back. I don't know. Maybe SummerSlam. Maybe Survivor Series. Maybe WrestleMania. I don't fucking know. But it won't. But a damn show won't be before June. Before the NBA Finals. Like uh, I, I just can't. Like I'm not. Like I've been really unhappy with the product over the last like year, especially with the gender stuff. When I, when I came back and what they've done with 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 their top characters, like what they've done with Cena, what they've done with AJ, what they've done with Roman. I've really disliked how they've beaten the hell out of all three of those guys. You know, they're the top, they're the top three guys in the whole fucking company. Um, I was not a fan. I was not in love or enjoyed any bit of what they did uh, with the women uh, this past year uh, um, or the women's wrestling after, after what they did in 2016 as a whole. I really, the only saving grace for this company over, uh, over 2017 at post WrestleMania was a tag team division, and um, you know, I don't know what I don't know what happens with that as far as that. Uh, but like, there's, it's not to me like it's not fun to sit through and watch five hours of television to get that little um, enjoyment out of it. Um, so like, I I, just, I you know, especially after this WrestleMania where two hours is cool and then the last three hours of it is just shit, or very very, or or a lot to leave. Or a lot left to be desired uh, in, a, in a more uh, in a more polite uh, way to say it. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be going until the playoffs. Like, I, I can't I can't pass up, uh, you know, seeing Giannis or, or John Wall or or you know Ben Simmons or, or LeBron or, or or Durant or Westbrook or Harden or whatever else to to this. I just can't. That makes no fucking sense. That's stupid. So um, that's that's what I'll be doing. Um, and you know, uh, I don't know, like maybe I'll do, maybe I'll do the pay-per-views. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, and I'll, and I'll do the reviews with you. I was a bride of any shit. I don't know. But as far as watching the everyday product, I, I just can't do it. Like it's too, it's too fucking stupid. Like you spent all, like you spent all year for all these dudes just to be fucking failures. Strowman fucking losing failure. That's to That's to move on to tag team titles and create his own hot tag as tag team champions. Uh, 
Roman Roman been doing Roman four years for this moment just to get his fucking back brains bashed in. Uh, John Cena, top guy in the company, still go ahead and get squashed by the Undertaker. Why? For reasons. Um, you know, I I I just can't do it, man. Like on the other end, like you're trying to think who else. Uh, Kevin Owens ain't got a job right now. <laughs> you know? uh, the Usos. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm just done. Usos got their ass whooped in minutes. New Day got their ass whooped in minutes. Um, Thanks, guys. Yeah. It's been, yeah. So we I've been sitting on this news for probably about, I don't know, since Friday or whatever. So we're trying to figure out the uh, future of, of this broadcast. And, um, you know, it's going to come to you in some, some way or another. Um, but... Make sure you guys uh, keep locked into the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Um, there's a lot of good shows on here that have plenty of energy about uh, the things they're enjoying. Um, keeping it strong style. Also, the Ricky and Clive show, as well as the Outsider's Edge. Um, you guys can reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, convince James that he shouldn't quit. Um, <laughs> you should. <laughs> um, you know, shoot me some ideas. Um you know, uh, uh, which, which you guys would like to hear, uh, us cover going forward or, you know, me cover going forward. Um, but yeah, man, this was a, um, I did not like this WrestleMania. It felt empty. It felt flat. It felt soulless, um, at certain portions. And you, you, you want to know when I knew that it was time for me to like, to let this shit go for at least temporarily. When? When a person that wrote a 500 book, 500 page book about WrestleMania said this show was fucking horrible, I can't, I, I can't believe what's going on with this. Have you heard Chad's podcast this week? Yes, the dude. podcast you were supposed to be on, but he said like he didn't want you on it because he just had to, you know, vent his frustration. He had to unload, just like we had to unload. I like when somebody that is that that has historically been that positive about the product. Over the last year, like when we when we did the year end thing with him, and he was like, "I have nothing, I have nothing to give uh, SmackDown Live as far as watching from as far as his attention because it's been that bad." Like from that point on, it's just been like, I, you know, a lot of you know, and a lot of what we um, do on the show is um, run similar in thinking to Chad how Chad views the product, and for us to just be like me, you, and him, just be like. Man, this is the shits. Like, this shit ain't fun. Like, that last three hours of that show was not fun. And there's no reason for it to have to even be that long or to or to do what it does, but they decided to do it anyway because, like, you know, because they that's what they want to do. And like there's no there's no other there's no other product on television that constantly tells their fans to shut the fuck up and like it. More other than WWE like this, like any other show like this would be fucking canceled because no one watch the shit no more. Yeah, and that's also like or yeah. or the all the ratings would go down, and then people would change, or the and then the showrunner would be like, you know what, we made some mistakes. This is what the fans want in this particular way. This had the third, or maybe you know they're being hard, they're being hard headed about this, whatever else. But like, I have to do some things to kind of accommodate the fans. Shit ain't been done. It's like come on. You know, and I don't want people to misconstrue this as like, yeah, you know, they beat the dude you like, 
and you know you run away or whatever. This is like just let them have a chance to even be great. They're not even letting them do that. Not even that. Okay, if you're a person that says I'm not just for the record, I think anybody that can go through my um, they can go through our library on on one issue radio can say like we're we're both clearly people that are pro Roman Reigns, right? Yes. They have fucked this dude up for four straight years, and they're continuing to fuck him up. Um, and then now they're doing it on a worse level as it's progressively have gone by worse and worse and worse. And this is the culmination of it just this is the worst worse. thing they've ever they, this is this is the second worst thing they've ever done. The worst thing was the 2015 World Rumble. Yeah, yeah. This is like it's like damn. Like I don't like what they did to that dude in and out of kayfabe. Essentially, <laughs> like. Why would you do that? Uh, and it's not a it's not a thing where you're actually even getting sympathy for Roman because no one gives a fuck. Like they boo that man the next night. You send Samoa Joe out there to absolutely fucking fry him on the microphone. And it's like, what the fuck are y'all doing at this rate? But you know, I didn't watch Raw or SmackDown live this week. Um, live as it was going on, I didn't regret it. Um, it was. It's something that, you know, I've been kind of racking my brain. I've had conversations with Josh, like how I'm going to continue doing this show and, you know, everything like that. But um, I'll be here next week. I don't I don't know how it'll happen, but I'll be here next week. Um, but I I don't I don't know, like how much. And this is a little bit of what we were talking about with keeping it strong. So I was like my. The, the my love for wrestling right now was like at an all time high over everything that I saw over WrestleMania weekend, all the shows that I went to, uh, uh, WrestleCon Super Show, uh, Rev Pro, WWN Super Show, Joey Janela's Spring Break, Shimmer One Hundred, uh, Supercard of Honor, watching NXT in the morning. It was like, bro, this is Nirvana. This this is wrestling Nirvana. And then WrestleMania Thirty Four came around, and it was like. This is what they're serving up. This is like, you know, what what they're doing with John Cena and Styles and Nakamura and then Lesnar and Reigns. And this is what they've done to Braun Strowman. This is shit. Like, this is really bad. I don't know how anyone in their, their right fucking mind said this was a top five WrestleMania. Um, to quote Chad Matthews, that's fucking bullshit. Um, <laughs> this is like... I don't know, man. This is bad. Like, and this just cost me my co-host, essentially. Like, fuck y'all. Like, <laughs> and like, is this a show? And you know, given given, you know, this would be this would be a completely different thing if this was, uh, let's say, three years ago, right? But given how well the network is doing, or whatever else, there's and how many people we have covering actually um, the WWE product. Like you have a, you now have a Rolodex, and also how well you've um you've done as a as a writer, you now have a Rolodex of people that would be that would that would love to to hop in for a spot appearance with you to to talk over what happened in this uh, the weekend wrestling. So like, you know, like this is a different time that I had to soldier through because I'd have felt like I leave you in the lurch. Now, you got you got probably like ten people, ten people you can call to, to hop on and do a show for for uh to cover the weekend wrestling for WWE. So, you know, um. You have that to fall back on. We have friends. We have a um, we have colleagues to um, to rely on in this situation. And I appreciate those that do hop in to do this, to spend their time doing this. This um, when I, you know, me, you know, just not being fried on doing it and burned out from the experience. And 
Um, just a future thanks, thank you to everybody that, that decides to, to, to spend their time doing this, and, and um, to listeners of the show um, that like me and Rich's chemistry, I appreciate you, and I hope you you know you guys enjoy. Um, whoever um, sits in the quote unquote chair next to Rich and does a show, um, I'm the same level that you enjoyed me doing it. Uh, but I just you know just for just for my. Um, my, I guess my, for mental health, I just need to like check out for now. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll check in from time to time and, and, and out and I, you know, I see Rich and talk to Rich almost every single day. So like, I'm sure he's going to let me know about what's going on with the work with going on the product. So I'll, I'll, I won't be, I'll still be connected. I won't just completely drop off. Like I did when I was like, uh, 13 or whatever. And just like, just drop this whole sport, fake sport cold turkey for 10 years so um or 11 years so uh i think i think i think this could be um i think it's gonna be a time for for good experimentation with you where you can see you know what else you could do with the show as far as taking the other formats you know we kind of set in our ways but so i think this would be this also be good for you too rich yeah um might be a solo format. I've been listening to a lot of Bomani and trying to figure out, you know, the way he switched, you know, his thing up and we'll see how it rolls, man. But, um, thank you guys for, for listening to us, uh, over the years. And, you know, we've got, you know, as James mentioned, a lot of, you know, other, uh, like, you know, like we, we built a trap essentially, like, you know, <laughs> like we, we, we've been doing this since like 2012 together. So, um, if this is James's last show, which I'm sure it's not, but, um, you know, I just want to thank him for, for soldiering through, uh, with me on, on this journey to, to get this shit popping, you know, social suplex, you know, came later, you know, we were doing one nation radio, like long before, like, you know, we met like, uh, Jeremy through this. We met like Sierra. We met like tons of people, like essentially like doing this. We had folks on the show, uh, Mike Sempervivi, uh, plenty of folks. And, you know, try to keep it going so um thank you guys for listening this was our wrestlemania review if you guys uh would like to send james messages uh, showing your gratitude you can find them at james boyd 87 on twitter or in the wrestling square circle facebook group which i don't know how much he'll frequent uh, anymore <laughs> but, i'm sure i'm sure i'll still you know still be in it and see what people have to say yeah but um we up out of here later Peace. Thank you for listening to One Nation Radio. We'll see you next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. 
new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.